Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back here down at the corner with your almond delights. And this week, we will begin our read of The Kingdom by yours truly, Mr. MC Shaky. You guys go over to Amazon.com and download your books today or purchase the paperback, whichever one you decide. But go over also to his YouTube channel, MC Shaky Live, and subscribe. You guys check the description box below for all of the links that you will need to download your book as well as to subscribe to his channel. Also, go over to Instagram.com and follow him there. Y'all, <laughs> we about to start reading. Let's see what it's going to be about. Get your mugs and sip slow. We over here reading, y'all. Hello and welcome to Almond Delights Reading Corner. I am your girl, Miss Almond Brown 09, and we are back with another read, honey. Yes, another read. We have another author that allowed us to read their work here on the YouTube, honey, on Almond Delights Reading Corner. And this week, y'all, we got The Kingdom by MC Shaky. Listen, hey, Shaky. So, Listen, uh, y'all already know how I do heavy, heavy on the disclaimer. There will be some cussing, cussing, cussing. <laughs> y'all already know how I do, honey. It's going to be words in this book that uh, Miss Almond Brown might not necessarily say on the other side, but I'm going to give y'all every essence of this book. So I hope you guys go over to Amazon. I'll have all the links down in the description box below so you guys can go and uh, download your copy. Or purchase the paperback, whichever one you like. But, yeah. So, if you can share the video, go ahead and share the video out. But we're going to get this thing started. Whew, I don't know. Listen, if y'all saw the intro video that I did, that I dropped today, um, reading the back of this book, I'm ready. So, <laughs> I hope y'all got y'all mugs, got y'all drinks, so we can get ready to sip slow on this thing here. Okay? Whew, the prologue. The sign on the right reads, Welcome to New Orleans. Directly underneath those words is the French phrase, Les as bon ton roulette. <laughs> I can't roll them R's, but y'all already know. The city, however, is anything but welcoming. New Orleans is the biggest city in the state of Louisiana. It is located just inside a bend in the Mississippi River and shaped like a quarter moon, which is how it earned one of its nicknames, the Crescent City. New Orleans is known far and wide as the Big Easy. A nickname coming from its roots as a southern town, but with a modern trendy feel. Originally the city of sin, in New Orleans, nothing is taboo. In New Orleans, the supreme law of the land is the streets. Police, courts, and government are novelties. New Orleans was founded in proximity to the international waters of the Gulf of Mexico. Tons of illegal drugs pass through New Orleans ports yearly. With New Orleans being an earshot away from the Gulf of Mexico and sitting conveniently on the Mississippi River, it leads the nation in the number of illegal drugs that enter the county by way of sea. Heroin, marijuana, and cocaine in their purest forms entered the United States from South and Central America in astronomical amounts. New Orleans are their first stop. Nearly half of the citizens are clinically addicted to one form of drug or another. Yet the drugs that enter through New Orleans rarely stay there. They are then distributed throughout the United States. New Orleans never rests. It certainly never sleeps. 
Violence and murder are a normal part of New Orleans natives' lives. After a while, most New Orleans become desensitized to bloodshed. Hmm. Since it has been recorded, the New Orleans metro area has had the highest per capita murder rate in the world, more years than any other city in history. In number, New Orleans competes with cities 10 times its size. Many times, New Orleans murder rates emulate that of a war zone. Thanks to a completely corrupt justice system, New Orleans leads the nation in violent crimes. That corruption ensures that for the right price, anything is legal. This gumbo of circumstances leads New Orleans to be what it is today, the murder capital. And one certain family are its Congress, the Kings. In a court of Kings, there is always one alpha, one with power, respect, and money that stands taller than the rest. He is the master that is never outshined. You know him well, the Don Corleone, the Scarface, the Mona Lucas in the flesh. The boss of bosses, the, matter of, the master of masters, the king of kings. This man is Wyatt Zeus King, and New Orleans is his kingdom. Ooh, let's have Bronton Roulet. Let the good times roll. <laughs> Chapter one. Just deception after deception. Lie after lie, barked Wyatt to his older brother. Wyatt, or Zeus, as he called by most was the king of New Orleans. Aging in his late 40s gracefully, Wyatt stood a tower with six feet four inches and weighed nearly 300 solid pounds. He wore his salt and pepper colored hair in a low bush with a, with a precision lining. His mustache and goatee were expertly tapered. He was buckly but agile and his demeanor fit his appearance. Zeus's voice was thunderous and his tone was always authoritative. He was certainly not in one of his better moods. What do you want me to say, Wyatt? Asked Weldon sheepishly. Weldon was Wyatt's older brother, a tall, slender, reserved gentleman and was once Zeus's most trusted, trusted confidant. Even though he was the older brother, he obviously was not the alpha of the two. Their oldest brother, Warren, who lived in another part of the state, was also obedient to Zeus. Even though Zeus was the baby of the king brothers, he was the undisputed boss. I want you to goddamn say something. I want you to tell me how after all these years and the mercy I have shown you that I'm looking at a fucking picture of a motherfucker that should have been killed 25 years ago. <laughs> Weldon was silent and thought for a moment. He had to choose his words carefully because the wrong thing was seeing his brother into a blind rage, and it was something that he had not wanted to do. He decided to just tell the truth and hope to appease his brother. He sat back in the office chair. He had been summoned by Zeus earlier that day and was in Zeus's executive office at King Tower in downtown New Orleans. Zeus stood up behind his desk, looking over at his brother with menacing eyes. <laughs> You have five seconds to explain why this nigga is still alive or you're going to be where he was supposed to be, said Zeus through clenched teeth. Brother, I am sorry, but he is not just some nigga. He is your flesh and blood, cried Weldon. 
Those bastards are nothing to me, grunted Zeus as he folded his arms and looked away. Wyatt, I know I was supposed to do it, but what were you asking me to do? I could not have brought myself to do it. So then instead of taking my wrath like a man, like a king, you lied to cover up your lie? I lied because the baby was... Don't you fucking say it. Zeus screamed as he slammed his hand on the desk. Wyatt grabbed the picture that was on the desk of the man who was once a baby that his brother had ordered him to exterminate in exchange for his own life. Look at him, brother. He is all grown up, and he looks exactly like... I know who the fuck he looks like, damn it. Wyatt thought about his eldest, his daughter Athena. Athena was the female version of him. She had her mother's brilliant hazel green eyes and the blend of her mother's Creole light brown complexion, but everything else was all him. She was alluringly beautiful and highly intelligent. Zeus wanted the world for her. He never wanted Athena tied up in the family's dirty business, but Athena was much like her father that she managed to impose her way into it anyway. Athena worked her way up to chief operating officer at King Enterprises, which was the number two position under Zeus. That, however, was not enough to pacify the ever-ambitious Athena. She wanted control over the kingdom and managed to exert her status on Zeus's daughter to gain some control of the family's other interests. For that, she was often at odds with the official number two over the kingdom, which led to Zeus often having to scold her in which Athena would merely respond, I am my father's daughter. He then thought about his firstborn son, the son that was supposed to be the heir to the king family fortune, the one who was supposed to carry on his legacy and forge a dynasty, the son that was Adonis. Adonis shared the hazel eyes and light skin, alluringly handsome, prim, and proper, the signs were always there, even if Zeus never wanted to admit it. The fact that Adonis hated sports and despised any type of laborious work. The fact that Adonis had the rhythm of a ballet dancer and the voice of an angel was never enough for Zeus to give up hope. He would pacify the signs by just thinking Adonis was a mama's boy and the most of what he was going through was a phase. He respected only one fact. And that was Adonis never cared about what anyone thought of him. At age 15, Adonis marched into his father's office and told him, Pop, I'm gay. Zeus respected that he told him with his head held high. And then Zeus told him he had to leave his house. Adonis had been on his own since that time. Zeus pretended as if he did not exist at all. He kept tabs on Adonis, even if, even if he didn't speak to him. He had a trust fund set up for him and the monthly allowance of 5000 would go into it. Adonis had access to it, but never touched a dime. The official number two position of the kingdom belonged to their younger brother, Ares. Ares possessed a, a no-nonsense attitude and a devilish demeanor. Ares too possessed his mother's hazel eyes and Creole skin complexion, but he favored their mother more. Zeus had always shown Ares a degree of tough love. In his mind, he certainly did not want Ares turning out like Adonis. As a teenager, Ares was groomed for the streets, and he was expected to take control of the kingdom someday. Zeus never kept him out of harm's way. 
He was on the block as a lookout at the age of 16 and was given his own block to run at the age of 18. Aries learned the drug business and moved up the ranks until he learned his position as second in command of the entire kingdom. Where Adonis was soft, Aries was tough. He thought about his last child, his daughter Artemis. While Artemis, Artemis was a child by his second wife who was of Cuban descent and did not possess their sibling's signature hazel eyes, she was his little princess and he generally spoiled her rotten. His idea of raising her was simply buying her anything she wanted. Artemis was an excited and captivating young woman with a perfect body and unique foreign features. Through the king, through the king family's abundant resources, Artemis had the opportunity to do anything she wanted in life. She chose, however, to do absolutely nothing. Being a socialite was her full-time job. She only aspired to become a reality television star and being a celebrity was her life's mission. Videos of her getting drunk and exposing her breasts while partying on Bourbon Street had recently gone viral on Twitter. Much to Zeus's disappointment, he ended up grounding her. As he thought about the king children and the legacy, his mind began to wander. Were any of his kids truly ready to continue his legacy? He was not sure how to feel about the picture, which proved to him that the dynasty was about to be shaken to the core. He wanted to order a hit on his brother. He did not know how to forgive him, even after 25 years. I watched you murder the baby right in front of me. It was what convinced me you were ready. Whose baby was that? Some crack whore from across the river that basically sold me her baby for a hit, explained Weldon. Weldon thought about the day years ago he was ordered by his brother to kill the baby. Zeus telling him that this was the baby that Ariana chose and that this was the baby that had to die. The way that Zeus maliciously forced him to kill the baby or he himself be murdered went to the soullessness of his brother. He about the love, he thought about the love he had for his brother and the way that his own actions had hurt everyone involved. It was the day he found out his own brother was both human and heartless. Brother, I have done everything you have ever asked me. I have apologized privately and publicly. I have murdered for you. I have done every despicable act of contrition that is, that is humanly possible, began Weldon. Yet your betrayal is as fresh as the day I caught you with her, Zeus said with menace. I still have yet to feel justice. I lost my life today and to the date that debt has yet to be repaid. Walden walked over to the mini bar. His hands were shaking and he was nervous. He silently said a little prayer because he knew that his own life was minutes from being over. Knowing his brother, it would only be seconds before the goons burst in and filled his body with hollow point bullets. He also knew that the baby, who was now a grown man, was a dead man walking. And there was no reasoning with Zeus once his mind was made up. Walden needed a stiff drink. Zeus stood at the window of the executive office suite that was on the top floor of his 12-story office building. The King Tower was in downtown New Orleans within an area called the Central Business District. The world-famous Mercedes-Benz Superdome and the lights and the sounds of the city were in Zeus's view. 
New Orleans was his city. And as the sun set on a hot Louisiana summer day, his city started to come alive. In the early 90s, while working on the riverfront as a deckhand unloading barges, Zeus realized how strategic his hometown was located and how beneficial that location was to get foreign produced goods to the masses inside the country. Quickly, he realized that if Sony could move DVD players through New Orleans, he could move things too. With the help of his brothers, he built an ex extensive transportation network mimicking what the big corporate supplies chain did. From New Orleans to the Midwest and Northeast, Wyatt could get almost anything that arrived in New Orleans safely and quickly to his destination. His transportation service league grew quickly as they came in high demand to several crime syndicates. That demand ensured that Wyatt and his family became unimaginably wealthy. The network that he built still exists, but is much more streamlined. He turned his network into a very lucrative drug running business known as the kingdom. He then laundered his illegal drug profits into legitimate businesses. His legitimate company, King Enterprises, was a regional corporation with several ventures under his corporate umbrella. Wyatt King was called Zeus, a nickname he got from his first wife because she would always say that he had the fiercenesses of the mythical king of the gods. Zeus was a New Orleans legend. He was very respected and highly regarded in the area. He ran the city totally. His power inside the city was absolute. Zeus looked out at his city and breathed a heavy sigh. The king tower was empty aside from a few of the janitorial staff and the henchmen that were outside the office. He was ready. He turned around and saw his brother, his betrayer standing with two drinks in his hand. It was a family signature. A fine imported French bourbon on the rocks. He accepted one of the glasses from his brother. I lived a good life. You have made me rich beyond anything I could have ever imagined. I spend my days now on the yacht, traveling the world, and trading fine art. Brother, I know how much your reputation means to you. I know how much your dynasty and legacy mean to you. I know what must have happened to me. I know what must happen to me, and I accept that. I have betrayed you, and I have done everything you have asked for me the last quarter century. I have never asked you for one thing aside from forgiveness, and since it is apparent you cannot give me that, I pray for one final plea before you exact your revenge. Wyatt was intrigued. He had the glass to his lips, but then stopped and looked at his brother intently. And what would that be, Weldon? Let him live. He knows nothing of who he is, and he knows nothing of who you are. I manipulated his way down here so that I could be closer to him in my old age. But he is clueless and innocent, and he doesn't deserve to die. Zeus grinned. He swallowed the whole bourbon on the rocks cocktail in one menacing gulp. Sorry to disappoint you, brother, but that is yet another request that I just cannot grant. Weldon sipped his cocktail, nodded his head. That is exactly what I thought you would say. At that moment, Zeus dropped his, <laughs> Zeus dropped his drink glass and it burst into several pieces as it hit the floor. 
The feeling of betrayal washed over his body and he began gasping for air. Mm -hmm. But he felt a whole new pain erupt from where his heart should have been. He noticed a sly smirk on his brother's face and realized that the wounds of the past were open again. At that moment, Zeus felt a striking pain shoot from his left leg, his left side, and spread to his right. He felt as if he was being shot, stabbed, and struck by lightning all at the same time. He lost feeling in his limbs as the pain intensified. He then collapsed to the floor with a loud thud. The goons burst in and Weldon burst into a full panic mode. Help! My brother appears to be having a stroke. Several of the henchmen began to hold up their boss, the king. Weldon rushed around to the desk. He picked up the phone to dial an ambulance. He then saw the picture of the man and picked it up. Zeus was wheezing and shaking uncontrollably as the henchmen tried to resuscitate their leader. Call his doctor! One good said. Call the ambulance, yelled another. There is no time for that, you fools. Pick my brother up and bring him down to the lobby. We can bring him to the emergency room faster than any ambulance can get here. Ordered Weldon as he and the henchmen lifted Zeus and rushed to the elevators. Child and scene. We're going to be right back, child. We're going to take a brief intermission, honey. That was chapter one already. They're getting into it. We're going to be right back. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back here down at the corner with your almond delights. And this week, we will begin our read of The Kingdom by yours truly, Mr. MC Shaky. You guys go over to Amazon.com and download your books today or purchase the paperback whichever one you decide but go over also to his youtube channel mc shaky live and subscribe you guys check the description box below for all of the links that you will need to download your book as well as to subscribe to his channel also go over to instagram.com and follow him there y'all <laughs> we about to start reading let's see what it's gonna be about get your mugs and sip slow we over here reading y'all. Listen, we all we in chapter one, and they carrying on already. <laughs> Welcome back, you guys, to our Almond Delights reading corner. I am your girl Almond Brown 9 I appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. That was chapter one of the Kingdom. Lord, they over here killing each other. But anyways. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> I hope you guys have your mug slip slow as we sip and get into this tea. Shout out to MC Shaky and shout out to all of the members. Chapter 2-0 in heavy, heavy on the disclaimer. There will be some cussing and cussing, cussing <laughs> and probably some adult content, you know, but we all grown, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Chapter 2. Oh, shit, daddy. Don't stop right there, moaned on while Aries was continually pumping into her. She lay on her back in the missionary position, accepting every inch of Aries into her. Aries did the long stroke between her legs as her ample breast juggled from the vibrations. 
The position was basic, but the sex was rough. And Aries was laying it down thick enough that Don's bleached blonde hair became unkempt. Her legs began to wobble as she came and rained her juices all over Aries and the desk. Aries smirks. His sex game always made her calm. But he was not finished with the slim, fine, blonde bombshell Don. Aries had stamina. He was the fit athletic type. He was not bulky like his father but he was fit and defined. As his tool continued to vibrate the inside of Dawn's walls and tickle her pearl tongue, a single tear slid down her cheek. Girl, you crying? He was touching all her inner walls and she felt the pressure of his pipe all the way in her abdomen. But that was not why she was crying. Damn, girl, you wet as fuck, said Aries as he reached for her hair. He continued his rhythm in and out of her as she wished the man that was giving her body so much pleasure was her husband. Dawn's thoughts drifted to Byron, her husband. Byron would have never been that rough with her during sex. To him, she was a delicate flower and he always made love to her. Aries, on the other hand, simply fucked her. And that is exactly what she wanted sometimes. In this case, it was not the fact that she was doing it, but the fact that she liked it that made her cry. She grabbed his lower back with one hand and the ass cheek with the other and pulled him into her. Feeling the perfection of her body and taking in the look of her milk white skin and deep vivid green eyes, Aries began to feel the throb of his midsection. She ran her expertly manicured nails along his back and as she felt another orgasm erupting, she began to sink her nails into Aries' back. The marks could easily be seen against his light caramel skin tone. He did not feel that, however. He was more concentrated on the nut he was about to bust. What's my name? He demanded as he continued to hit her walls. Us! Us! Aries! <laughs> she groaned and responded. Nah, bitch. What's my motherfucking name? You heard me. He ordered as he pulled her hair. Aries! <laughs> she screamed in pleasurable pain. <laughs> she looked deep into his vivid hazel eyes and caught a glimpse of the heaven in the devil. Aries King! She felt another tingle between her legs and she gasped. They both climaxed at the same moment. Aries' eyes rolled to the back of his head as a head as he shot a load of his seed deep inside of her. He collapsed on top of her right there on his father's desk. Zeus was in a coma induced by the stroke he had <laughs> and at that exact spot nearly a week before. However, Aries had long ago begun his adulterous relationship with Don. She had made a deal with him, and part of that arrangement was that he got her whenever there was an opportunity. Her husband, Wayne, also worked for the King family, but under Aries' administration. <clears throat> Wayne was a runner, one of the most dangerous jobs in the kingdom. Don's sex kept him a bit safer than the average runner. Aries got up and out of her, and then made his way to the suite's connected private bathroom. She got up and followed behind him. 
she needed to freshen up as well. He stood in the mirror, buttoning up his silk Phineas Cole shirt while she made her way and proceeded to handle her business. What the fuck you think I want you in the bathroom with me? You getting too comfortable like you my bitch or something, Aries stated. Don rolled her eyes at him and continued to clean herself off. She wondered to herself how someone so handsome could be so arrogant. Nigga, you act like you just didn't finish fucking me, Don thought to herself. Her eyes said what her lips did not do. Aries wanted a response. His view of Don was just one of property. Her husband had run up a huge gambling debt with the kingdom and was working his way out of it. Don was collateral damage, and Aries was quick to offer her the indecent proposal of her sex keeping him very safe within the kingdom. While she was supposed to be collateral damage, he enjoyed her sex and the idea of touring with her. Bitch, you act like you got a problem, Aries growled, reading her expression. He quickly raised his hand as if he were going to slap her. She stumbled back on the toilet and held the eventual point of impact. Scary ass, Aries said and then began to giggle at her. She rolled her eyes again. She had to get back to her duties as the King Enterprise's chief executive assistant. And the last thing she needed was her judgmental co-workers talking behind her back about fooling around with the boss's son. They talked behind her back enough for being a white woman who was married to a black man. She pushed him aside to use the mirror. He pushed her back. Oh no, Aries, you got me all the way fucked up. She began to get in. she began to get imitation ghetto, but was quickly reminded of who she was raising her voice at. The look on Aries' face was one that said, I want you to try me, bitch. Aries was the current leader of the kingdom. He was an urban legend in the streets of New Orleans. People who crossed him usually turned up missing, not to mention her husband's life was literally in Aries' hands. She was immediately silenced by his look, which was one of Satan himself. Get your ass back to work, he demanded as he walked out of the bathroom. I hate you, softly escaped her lips. I love you too. He hollered back with a laugh, and then the office door slammed shut. Fuck, she said after she looked in the mirror. The bastard heard me. What the fuck y'all looking at? Aries barked at a trio of secretaries that had gathered around the office door to make out what was going on. The office workers quickly scattered back to their cubicles and offices. Although Aries had no official position at King Enterprises, Everyone who worked there knew him to be the son of the boss, Wyatt Zeus King. Aries had come through the office door for the sole purpose of smashing the sexy darn, something he usually didn't do at the office. But he thought since his father was comatose, he could dip through with not much of attention. The executive offices of King Enterprises occupied the entire top floor of King Towers. King Tower was an office and retail complex located at Borges Street, directly across from the world-famous Superdome. The plush offices on the top floor belonged to the top executives and directors of the different arms of King Enterprises. King Enterprises was a privately held corporation that included several business entities, the biggest being King Brothers Construction, 
which built several public works and multi-million dollar private sector buildings. In addition to that, King Enterprises operated King Motors Corporation, which ran several flagship car dealerships throughout the New Orleans area. Also, under the King Enterprises corporate umbrella was King Realty, which sold, leased, and managed luxury apartment and condominiums in the area. Finally, there was the Crown Club, which is one of the hottest upscale nightclubs and casinos in New Orleans. Aries quickly made his way down to the hallway toward the bank of elevators. He had gathered what he had come for and wanted to make his exit before she found out he was there. He was not so lucky, though, because just as he pushed the down button on the elevator, he was stopped. Aries, said the soft voice of Paige. Paige was a coffee-colored, slim-built young woman. She was Artemis' best friend and worked for King Enterprises as an intern. He had known Paige for most of her life, and growing up, he had always thought that she was kind of on the nerdy side. However, looking at her now in the form-fitting Leela Rose plaid business skirt, showing off her long, smooth legs, and top-enhancing her ample cleavage, Aries was having a second thought. Paige had grown up. Wazam, he licked his lips. He was looking, he was thinking about making Paige his next conquest. But then it hit him. And he instantly remembered that Paige was interning for the King Enterprises chief operating officer. Seeing Paige was not a good thing and only meant one thing. Miss King would like to see you in her office, Paige said with a girlish smirk. Even though Paige had been a friend of the family for years, in the office, her boss demanded that she be referred to as Miss King. Fuck, Aries said aloud as he headed to the corner office that belonged to his older sister. The sound of her door read, Athena M. King, Chief Operating Officer. Chief Operating Asshole, he grunted to himself. Paige let out a giggle as she sat back at her desk outside of the office. Aries winked to her as he entered the office without knocking. Athena sat on her contemporary oak finish desk. She was on a business call when Aries entered the office. Sis, what's goody? Aries asked, hoping to be quick. He did not care that she was on the phone. He plopped down on the chair that sat opposite her desk. I'll have to call you back, she said into the receiver as she hung up the phone. She turned her attention to Aries. Then she sarcastically said, Well, just have a seat then, dear brother. Aries rolled his eyes before they settled on his sister. He always thought that Athena would make a good woman for some man someday. If only she were not such a bitch. At 28, Athena was a caramel mocha dream. Her hair was all natural and auburn colored, hanging loose. Her Creole heritage was apparent. Her body was tight, and she was as she was thick in the right places. She played tennis and had a healthy build. Athena stared her brother down, and with her expertly manicured nails, tucked a few strands of strands of stray hair behind her ear, displaying her Carl Lagerford diamond earrings. This accentuated her even creamy complexion on her round, blemish-free face. She blinked the signature rich hazel eyes that both she and Aries inherited from their mother. What? Aries barked without breaking the air. The, I spoke with Smirkov this morning, 
explained Athena. Smirkov was the top lieutenant in the Russian mafia and the kingdom's connect. Athena, what are you doing speaking to him? It's my job to deal with him. It was no secret to Ares that Athena wanted his position, and he found her often sticking her nose in his business. I spoke with him to avoid a senseless war. Smirkov is, is pissed that one of the top runners went ghost on a transfer from us. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you, Ares? Not a thing, Ares lied. The Russian worker who had made the pickup was talking spoiler to one of the king's workers, so Ares had the Russian worker killed, which is probably something Ares would not have done if Zeus was, Zeus was still in charge. Ares hated working with the Russians, but his father had been in business with them since he before he was born. Prior to those days, the Italians had seen New Orleans as a strategic entry point of their Colombian-produced cocaine, but they had difficulties moving it once it arrived in New Orleans. Either enter Zeus and his older brothers, Weldon and Warren. Together with the band of King family members, they were able to move the work efficiently and effectively. Their experience and knowledge of the South had made them indispensable, and the Italian Mafia compensated their efforts dearly. The King Network allowed the movement of massive amounts of drugs across the country, and for the most part, it was safe and secure. Soon, though, Zeus was presented with an offer he couldn't ignore. At that time, Warren King, the older brother, and the family enforcer was leaving the New Orleans and the drug game. He had contacts with the Romanov crime family, and they were extremely interested in his brother Zeus. The Romanovs wanted the kings to move the Russian cocaine along their network. The Russian cocaine was purer and more potent than the Colombian-made product that the Italians were moving. Part of the offer for the king transportation would be for the Russians to sell Zeus an unlimited number of kilos at cost with no markup. This was, the this was valuable to Zeus because it would allow him to move into selling which was more lucrative than transporting. For the Italians, he was just a glorified mule. But for the Russians, he could be a partner. Zeus was hesitant. The Italians had insisted that his family work for them exclusively. The Italian Gambino crime family ran New Orleans and Zeus didn't want a war with them. The Romanovs, though, were relentless in their pursuit of the king's service. They had no interest in running New Orleans or any place in the South. They simply needed an outlet to get their cocaine into the country. They offered Zeus control of the New Orleans along with their deal, and that was the icing on the cake. The Russians agreed to keep the Italians at bay and provide manpower that Zeus needed in gaining control of New Orleans in exchange for a transportation contract. The deal was struck after a small war with the Gambinos. The kings got control of the illegal drug trade in New Orleans. This is where the bulk of their money eventually came from. The Italians were notorious, but the Russians were lethal. Along with the kings, they had home field advantage, and that advantage they used to force the Italians out of the city. The kings began distributing, transporting, and selling Russian products. Over the years, Zeus and his family were able to control the entire market in the state of Louisiana. The kings had a superior product, better price, and a loyal and well-organized army. And it was not long before other areas in the southeastern United States fell to the kings.
the kingdom was born. Zeus's brother Warren went to Shreveport and began to run Arkansas, East Texas, and North Louisiana. His cousins were given territories in Baton Rouge, Jackson, Biloxi, Mobile, Tampa, and Tallahassee. Zeus sponsored his, uh, his younger cousins at colleges and encouraged them to get business degrees so they would be able to launder the, king's, the, the kingdom's dirty money into legitimate businesses. Zeus worked hard, and the kingdom thrived. Louisiana's corrupt political system allowed the kingdom alongside King Enterprises to expand and grow into huge multi-million dollar conglomerates. Zeus became a millionaire. Both his brothers became millionaires, and the rest of the family experienced immeasurable wealth. Years later, the arrangement with the Romanov's crime family was still intact, and the bitter taste of defeat was still lingered on the mouths of the Gambino Italian Mafia. The Italians wasted no time courting Ares once they learned that Zeus suffered a stroke and was in a coma, and Ares had assumed control of the kingdom in his father's absence. I don't know where the Russian is. The nigga never showed up, so I ended up completing the shipment to St. Louis with our own runner, said Ares. You are lying, little brother, Athena responded scornfully. Whatever, Athena. Let me handle the Russians. You don't see me coming in here and attending any of your fucking board meetings. I don't worry about what the fuck you do. Don't worry about what the fuck I do. I will worry about anything that jeopardizes this family. I ain't jeopardizing shit, Athena. I know you're not, she interrupted. I smooth things over with the Romanovs, and you will not strike against them again. Ari stood there and stared at Athena intently. He felt she was out of bounds. She was not his boss, and she had no official role in the kingdom. Besides, their cousin Buster, who ran one of the sections of New Orleans, no one was loyal to her. She was only given respect as a daughter of Zeus, and she was only his big sister. He felt like he did not need to answer her at all. Or what? He said pointedly. Athena smirked devilishly. You know when dad gets out of his coma, he'll find it very interesting that you've been having talks with the Italians. <clears throat> How did you know that? That doesn't matter. What does matter is the fact that when he wakes up, he is finding out that his precious number two has been planning to usurp control of the kingdom. Ares rolled his eyes. In Louisiana, all the kings were untouchable. Yet their father was an icon. Zeus was the undisputed and undefeated king of New Orleans. He reached Zeus's reach and wrath were what legends were made of. He was more than a businessman and a kingpin. He was a street god. His word in New Orleans was law. He was the only person that Ares did have to answer to. He was the most revered of their wealthy and immensely powerful family. And the sole person even Ares didn't fuck with. He had plans for the family though. And he did not want Athena derailing his plans. So he had to submit at least temporarily. He had to play her game. Athena, sis, thank you for handling things. Nothing to happen with the Russians, but did dad name me second in command in his absence? And I'm foot, 
But dad did name me second in command. And in his absence, and I am fully capable of taking care of the kingdom, Ari said as he galloped again, walking to the door. That remains to be seen, dear brother, she said as Ares walked out of her office. Bitch, he said under his breath just outside the door. Paige smiled at him as she, as she stopped typing for a moment. I heard that, Athena yelled throughout the door, through the door. Miss King, your 115 appointment is here, said Paige over the phone's intercom. All right, send them in and hold all of my calls. I do not want to be interrupted, Athena said, pressing the intercom off. While Zeus was in a coma, Athena was the active CEO of King Enterprises. Being second in command meant that if she was needed, she had to step up. She felt her position was earned and not simply given to her because she was the owner's daughter. She had a brilliant business mind. Athena was educated at Princeton and obtained a master's degree in business administration. She was at the top of her class and in the top 5% of MBA graduates nationwide. While going to college, she kept the job and upon graduation, accepted a job in the Human Resources Department of King Brothers Construction. Athena had worked her way up and on her own merit. She was next to her father within the company. She felt it would only be right that she'd be right next to him inside the kingdom as well. She had ambitions to one day leave both sides of that family business, just like her father. Zeus had a different idea. He delegated authority of the company to her, but the drug empire he left in the hands of Ares. Athena desperately wanted to change that, and the one person who might help her was walking into her office. My favorite niece, Weldon King said as he entered the office he had once occupied. Weldon was a middle child and was always in the shadow of his ruthless older brother Warren or his demonic little brother Zeus. He was the educated one and was never meant to be in the streets. He was no stranger to what his family did, but he was always in the middle. He was the one who would set up methods and logistics for the transportation parts of the kingdom. That was until the, fa the fateful day he was caught betraying his brother. He was tall like Zeus, but slenderer. His hair was slightly grayer as his age was coming in gracefully. He had retired from the game and lived his life on a yacht that he had kept at a marina in nearby Gulfport, Mississippi. Walden was a connoisseur of fine art in retirement. Zeus had endowed him with several million dollars, and he spent his time buying and selling paintings and sculptures for his private art collection. Athena stood and, in a welcoming approach, greeted her uncle who kissed her on the cheek. Uncle Weldon, thank you for coming on such a short notice. Would you like anything to drink? She asked, going over to the mini bar. She had on a navy and white skates tailor blazer and pantsuit with the sky blue Morocco the Sego buttoned down, giving her a modern professional vibe. Weldon looked at her with pride. Um, no drink, niece. I quit drinking. How's your father doing? <laughs> Athena proceeded to make herself a bourbon sour on the rocks, just like her father. About the same. The stroke caused him to go into a deep coma, and they have no idea how long he could be in. It could be months or years, if ever. But we're hopeful. 
We have the best doctors in the state on the case. They'll be moving him to the manor next week. It will be okay, my dear niece. Your father is obviously a fighter, he said, as he looked around the office that he once occupied. Warden helped his brother build both sides of the family business. He was a legend, and his association with Zeus became renowned in the city of New Orleans. So, what can I do for you, niece? Uncle, Ares is a problem. He is savage. He's barbaric. He is all for chaos. He is doing his best to dismantle everything that you and dad worked for to build it. That you and dad worked to build for us, she said, pitching her plea. It was assumed that Walden had no children of his own, and he treated his nieces and nephews as his. This was a plea, though, that he had heard before. Athena, I know all about you and Ares' foolish rivalry. Honestly, though, niece, aren't you over-exaggerating? Just a little. Not at all, uncle. Just today, I had to avoid a war with the R R Romanov family. Ares is just that careless, she said, and then explained her side of the earlier meeting she had with Ares. Walden listened intently and then asked, what do you propose be done? I've thought about it, Uncle Weldon. I want you to support me in taking over the entire kingdom. Hmm, Weldon grunted. Even if I were to support you, it isn't me that you need to convince. I retired so your father could make room for his children. All his children. Uncle Weldon, you still have a say in the family. I'm sure if I had your blessing, I could get the underbosses to give me their allegiance. But Zeus put you in your position because he saw you as the best. He saw you as the best fit for it. He put Ares in his position because Zeus thought he was better suited to play that part. First, I earn my position, and two, I assure Ares is not better suited to play that part. I would run the kingdom like a business. I have the intellect to do so. Ares, on the other hand is playing toy soldier with our family and our workers. It's like he deliberately trying to start a war. I understand, niece, but it's not me you need to convince, Warden offered and then took a sip of his drink. It's your father. How? How can I when he's in a coma? Oh, Athena, your father has a proxy, Warden stated. A proxy? Athena asked in disbelief. Yes, a living will. A person who makes all decisions should anything ever happen to him, stated Weldon. Oh, I didn't know he had that. Yes, he wanted to ensure that his wishes were followed in case of emergencies, and he wanted to ensure that you were all provided for. He had me get it drawn up some years ago. It is legal and binding. And I have taken the liberty and contacted the attorney so they could be read at the manor. I had no idea. Well, obviously he left everything in the hands of his more responsible child. Athena, my dear, why are you so adamant about this? However, before Athena could answer the question, Paige entered her office knocking. Ma'am, I'm so sorry for interrupting, but your sister is on line five. Paige stated timidly. Athena snapped her neck and squinted her eyes. She hated insubordination. 
I informed you that I would not be taking any calls, Paige. Not following instructions is an indication to me that you do not value your employment here. Uh, I mean, Miss King, I am terribly sorry, said Paige apologetically, but Artemis insisted that it was an emergency. She's in jail. Athena rolled her eyes. Thank you, Paige. I'll take the call, said Athena as she put down her drink and picked up her phone. Uncle, please give me a minute. Walden nodded as Paige left the office. Athena King, said, she said it to the receiver. Athena, girl, I am in jail again. I need you to come buy me out, came her sister's voice through the phone. In jail for what now, Artemis? Public intoxication, disturbing the peace, and um, resisting the officer. Artemis, it's not even one o'clock yet. What did you have for lunch? A bottle of Ciroc? Asked Athena, who was only mildly <clears throat> surprised at Artemis's um, actions. Artemis was Athena's half-sister by Zeus's second wife, Paris. <clears throat> Zeus's first wife became the love and betrayal of his life. Ariana was Athena, Adonis and Ares's mother. She had been estranged from the family for years and was gone a few years after giving birth to Ares. Paris was a mistake that Zeus wished he had never made. He did not regret Artemis, but how Paris had left him. Paris was not in Artemis's life. She became estranged from the family when Artemis was just seven years old. Athena despised Paris, who had initially been hired on as the family's nanny. Being Cuban, Paris was an exotic blend of beauty and charm. Paris wasted no time luring Zeus to her bed. Zeus, who had a messy divorce from his first wife, Ariana, who was no match for Paris's forbidden seduction. Paris eventually became pregnant and convinced Zeus that Athena was just too much and had him send Athena to Shreveport, Louisiana, to live with his brother Warren and his wife Sandra. Years later, when Athena graduated high school, she returned to New Orleans with a vengeance. When Athena returned, she understood that her own mother had abandoned the family. She saw that Adonis had left because of his sexuality. <clears throat> Eris was uncontrollable, and Artemis was a spoiled brat. She already blamed Paris for herself being sent away. And with everything else that was going on, she faulted Paris as well. Athena tormented Paris and being a woman at that point, it was more terrifying than anything. After one heated exchange, Paris decided to just leave. As for Artemis, as far as Artemis knew, Paris wrote Zeus a goodbye letter and was never heard from again. Artemis grew up with Athena as her closest mother figure. Athena, though, was only her sister and was unable to rear Artemis properly. Whatever Artemis would get into trouble, though, she would automatically run to her big sister. Well, no, and yes, we can talk about it when I get out. Now, are you coming to get me, Edmana? Big Artemis. I have a meeting going on right now, and it's very important. I'll send Buster to bond you out. Athena said, speaking of her second in command. Girl, since I'm under the legal drinking age and this involves an alcohol charge, 
I have to be signed out by a legal guardian. I think the side. She was truly aggravated with her sister. Artemis Diana King, you get yourself into one more situation like this, and I swear I will let you rot in there. Thank you so much, sis. <laughs> Artemis said, give Athena her bond information. All right, Artemis, I'll be down within an hour, said Athena. As she was about to hang up the phone, she heard her sister's voice. Oh, Athena, one more thing. What is it, Artie? Please, please hurry. It's nasty in here. And one of these women has nicknamed me Cupcake, big Artemis. <laughs> you owe me, Artie. I'll be down there soon. Try not to drop the soap. I hear that's a bad thing. That is so not funny, Athena. The line disconnected and Athena placed the phone back in his cradle. Uncle, I am very sorry, but I got to go. Artemis is in trouble again. She stood up and reached for her checkered Louis Vuitton bag and her iPad. Is everything all right? Asked Weldon, getting up as well. Yeah, but the next time it won't be, she said, and then explained what happened. I'm so sorry, Uncle Weldon. I guess I'll talk to you when the proxy is read. Well, I didn't plan on attending, but since I am in town, I may as well. That's perfect. I'll join everyone after I stop and check on Father. Speaking of your father, he has his mind set on you running King Enterprises and having no real affiliation with the kingdom. Zeus rarely changes his mind, and you know just as well as I do that once he decides on something, it stands. I'm afraid the only way you will ever run the kingdom is over Zeus's dead body. They both walked to the door while, while Weldon's words sank in. Athena thought about it and then said, You know what, Uncle Weldon? I truly believe you are right. And scene. That was chapter two of The Kingdom, honey, by MC Shaky. So, <laughs> we see what's going on here in chapter one and chapter two of The Kingdom. I'm going to drop my link while I, um, while I go over this. And for those of you that may be new here, I'll drop the link. Anybody can come up here and we can discuss what we just read, um, the first two chapters that we read. So what we do here down at the corner, honey, we read for at least 45 minutes to an hour or so. And then we'll discuss uh, for about 10 to 15 minutes what we read, what you guys think of the book thus far. What do you think will go on? Do you think Athena will take over the kingdom, honey? And um, Uncle Weldon said over Zeus's dead body. And we know that Uncle Weldon is the one that put Zeus <laughs> in that coma. Honey, he drunk, uh, drank that drink after his brother gave it to him and went to shaking and baking, okay? <laughs> he down there having a whole stroke and now he in the coma. So that is what is going on with the kingdom. Shout out to MC Shaky for allowing us to read this book. If you guys see him out there on the streets, then thank him for allowing us over here at the Almond Delights Reading Corner to read the book. Yes, the, listen, the family crazy already, Polo. That's what I was just sitting over here thinking like, well, God dang, in the first chapter, they already trying to kill each other. 
they already trying to kill each other. Yes, honey, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. It's a whole lot going on. But I'm ready to see if Athena is going to, uh, you know, if she's going to actually get what she wants. Also, Aries is very arrogant. Yes, he is. He's very arrogant. Um, the way he's treating Don. But I guess because Don, like he said, she collateral damage. Honey, you out here, your husband out here with all these gambling debts that he can't pay off. And now you got to be hunched on to pay your debt. <laughs> I mean, she like it, but at the same time, she don't like it because he treated her like crap. She was, he was her husband, hunching on her like that. Child, I can't even. But anyways, while we are doing our, uh, while we are doing our, uh, my church announcements, can you guys please drop your chocolate and your sun emojis in the chat? If you can't find your chocolate or your sun emojis, drop a green heart in the chat. For Sip Nation, and that is who uh, MC Shaky is. Uh, that's his brand, Sip Nation or whatnot. But if you've gotten this far into the broadcast and you have not subscribed to Army Brown 09, why not? Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. You can join the membership if you please. It's appreciated but not required. Um, if you want, you can go over to Instagram.com forward slash Army Brown 09. Follow me there. If you are just getting here and you would like to hear this played back um, podcast style, head over to anchor.fm forward slash omnibrown09 and you can follow me there and I will uh, upload uh, this. My readings uh, go over there on the podcast so you can listen to it while you're out uh, on your ride. If you clean it up and you got your headphones in, if you at work, no, you're not supposed to be on your phone, but you got your little Bluetooth in and you can listen to me read, do that as well. Or if you are in the office and uh, everybody wants to hear a book be read, uh, as long as y'all okay with cussing, 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 <laughs> go ahead and let it play to the people. If you can't share the video, go ahead and share it out. You can share it on your Twitter, on your Instagram. You can share it YouTube. If you have a community wall, you can share it through text message. Let everybody know, honey. We over here reading, y'all. And if you are an author and you would like your book to be in rotation, please email me at almondbrown09 at gmail.com, and we will get our correspondence going there. Please note that all permissions were given to me mm -hmm, over here, Almond Brown 09, to read this book aloud over here on um, Almond Brown 09's YouTube channel, as well as to be broadcast on the podcast. So please do not try to redo it unless you, you've been given permission by the author because it is copywritten material. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But I appreciate you guys for coming on over here and joining us this Monday. We will be back here next Monday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another, hopefully, two chapters of read. I'm ready to see what um what is going on. She said, Arma, are you going to read news? Um, I can. I would have to ask uh, Mr. Tim if it's okay for me to read that. And if it is okay, then after this book, um, unless... Because I have another author, but I'm waiting on her. But if we're done with this book and I'm able to read Muse from um, Timothy Blaine, then I will do so. 
Also, I am trying to get onto uh, ACX to become a actor slash narrator so I can be able to read, you know, other books as well and be placed on Audible with the other authors. So <laughs> that's what's going on. But anyways, if there are no other questions, comments, concerns, I appreciate you guys for joining us. Don't forget to come back. Um, Saturday, we may be having our watch parties. Uh, we do watch parties uh, hopefully every Saturday around 9 o'clock p.m., 8 or 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we watch movies together. We chat together while we're watching the movies. You guys can go over to Twitch and follow me over there. I think one of my moderators, uh, my armor bearers, may be dropping that in the chat. If you guys have the Twitch um, link, please go ahead and drop that. And if you would like to, if you're an author and you would like to read or send me a book to read of yours, then you can also mail it to almondbrown09 um, at P.O. Box 1058. Hold on. What is it? Let me get it. It's 1058 Stark, S-T-A-R-K-E, Florida, 32091. So you can send all gifts, appreciated but not required, um, any books that you guys would like for me to read. I have to come back because I have another book somebody did send to me, but it, it's just to add to my personal collection. I wanted you guys to see it. But yes, this where you can send it at Almond Brown 09, P.O. Box 1058, Stark, Florida, S T A R K E 32091. <laughs> so yes, read my next. Okay, so you so you ready? Because I have yours. I have yours. I had got it the same when you hit me up. So this will be the next author that we have, but I will um, I'll give you guys the information for her book towards the end of this one. Um, so, you know, so then I will put uh, Muse in the in the lineup for the next one. So I will be reading her book next after this one. So, yes. Thank you. That's great. You'll be putting it in the atmosphere. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes. I will put it in the atmosphere. OK, I got you, Miss Marla. So we'll we'll get you after this. Um, after I finish with this book, then we'll put you in rotation for the next one. But I already have your book. so And all the books were purchased with my money. Okay. I was not gifted these books. They were purchased by me. So, yeah. But I'm going to let you guys go because y'all know how I do. I will continue to ramble on. Like I said, please go um, shout out to MC Shaky if you guys can. Um, after this video is over. Uh, please come back and leave a comment to let the do the, the people that's going to be watching on the replay or listening on the podcast or whatnot. Let everybody know how you guys like the first two chapters of the read because the author does come back um, and either looks at the comments or um, either looks at the comments and you know that's kind of like constructive criticism, so to speak, or let them know how you like the book. So and let me know. Let me if you if, okay. Okay, I'm I'm listen. Is I got the tabs open up right now. All I have to do is just find the script to read and then audition, so to speak, I guess, and then uh we'll go from there. But I'm already signed up, I'm already signed up on uh ACX, so uh I don't have to wait until I finish this book in order for me to up to read your book on ACX and to be and so it can be on Audible. So 
um, I guess we'll go about go about doing it there as well, Miss Marla. So just email me and we'll uh, we'll go from there because like I don't have to wait to finish reading this book in order for me to do that over there because it's a, it's a totally different platform. So if you are an, uh, another author, if you already have books out there and it's not on, you don't have it on Audible and you would like an author because I know they said it's kind of a shortage of um, uh, black readers, so to speak, African-American readers on Audible. That's what I was told by the authors. I'm just saying. So if you guys would like that, then um, hit me up and I can read your book there if you would like, you know, my voice. So. Okay, guys, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys for joining me tonight. Like I always tell you guys, smile at somebody. It'll change their day, honey. It may even change your day. Even with a mask on, they can still see it in your eyes. I love you guys with the love of God. And there is what? Nothing you can do about it. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. <laughs> Thank you all for joining Another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. I pray that you enjoyed yourself and you're relaxing your mind, in your body, and in your spirit. Come back and join us again next week as we continue our reading. If you haven't subscribed, Please do so. Be blessed and enjoy your evening.